If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this super duper awesome episode of Mind Extra Pump. Extra awesome. Look, before we get into the fitness question, we do our introductory uh, entertainment part, conversation. We start out by talking about... Uh, we had to correct ourselves, by the way. Power building, we actually had the wrong impression over what it was. Oh, mark your calendars, everybody. So we talked about what power building, I guess, means today, and we mentioned uh, some of the athletes that talk about power building, like the great Michael Hearn, how much respect we have for that guy. I brought up the Juve Red Light study. Now, red light therapy has been shown in some studies to improve athletic performance, build muscle, and improve Endurance. Now, we are sponsored by Juve, the leading makers of red lights uh, for red light therapy. If you go to juve.com, J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get a free MAPS Prime program with the purchase of $500 or more, and you'll get free shipping. Then I talked about how I use the Organifi Gold Juice post-workout when I have those workouts that I know were just a little bit too hard. So it helps with inflammation Recovery helps putting my body in a parasympathetic mm. recovery state. It's also Too delicious, intense. delicious with with uh, almond uh, milk or with macadamia nut milk, which is my favorite. Now, we are sponsored by Organifi. If you go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about Mark Zuckerberg and how he now wants the government to regulate the internet. How interesting. Yeah. We talked about our free 30 days of coaching on our new website, mindpumpmedia.com. We talked about how Marvel broke the internet by pre-selling their Infinity Wars movie. I guess the, the, the Fandango line was like an hour long online. So many geeks, so little time. Crazy. Then we talked about Netflix and the Oscars. Apparently the Oscars can't uh, exclude Netflix. They got a letter from the Department of Justice. What the hell do they care? Then we talked about a study on how media multitasking has been linked to obesity, and it's not what you think. It's kind of interesting. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first question was, this individual's chiropractor told her to stop bench pressing because it's bad for her shoulders, and she should do decline benches because it would hit her, in quotes, under boob. And wow. give her a lift. Lots of knowledge he dropped there. Yeah, so, uh, no, bad. It wasn't good knowledge at all. Yeah. It was actually garbage. Anti-knowledge. We talk about why in that part of the episode. Next question, uh, do we think foods like Halo Top, that's that ice cream that's very low calorie, it's kind of like a diet ice cream, Yum. do we think that foods like that give people an excuse to overeat and create a bad relationship with food? That's a great question. We had a great discussion there. Next question, what are the benefits of massage therapy for training mentality, and recovery. And the final question, what was our immediate first impressions of the other three Mind Pump partners? Oh, yeah. What did I think of them? What did they think of me? What did all we all think of each other? Uh, it was a circle jerk of compliments. Yeah. It was basically turned into polyamory without the sex. That's it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happened. Also, look, uh, we create fitness programs. We create fitness programs for all kinds of people. If you're a beginner, we have programs for you. If you're advanced, we have programs for you. These are workouts designed for particular individuals and for particular sets of goals. So let's say you want to sculpt your body and you want to shape it like a bodybuilder or a bikini competitor. We have a program called MAPS Aesthetic. Let's say you want to work on your movement and you love working out because you like to be able to move like a 
amazing athlete. Well, that would be mass performance. Let's oh, say you yeah. want to just build overall strength and muscle and you want to speed up your metabolism, that's MAPS Anabolic. But we have many, many other programs for, again, different goals and different people. And we also have bundles like our Super Bundle, which combines several MAPS programs and puts them in order for you. So you have a year planned out for you, literally. You get the Super Bundle, one year, all your workouts set up for you, and they're expertly designed. You have exercise demos, blueprints, explanations, everything that you can need to get into amazing shape. It's a shape. bundle of love, Sal. It's pretty awesome. You can find all the MAPS programs and the bundle at mapsfitnessproducts.com. What if I told you that there is a substance but that has been proven to triple somebody's body weight, both muscle- You, you had me at, at what if I told you. Yeah, both muscle, bone, everything within one year, triple. I'm talking about triple size, triple- There's an, there's an actual proven- compound that actually everybody in this room's probably used in the past that tripled our body weight water breast milk oh damn. breast milk yeah i'm just i'm uh, trying to hone in my commercial for I breast got, milk <laughs> that's yeah, right after we read bodybuilders are already like, after we read those, in yeah after we read those articles i was like fuck you know it, it makes perfect sense boost cognition by like 50 percent. you know what i'm saying have like you guys a been, baby who's an infant to one year is a big difference have you been following that is it still yeah. going or what no i just thought it was funny yeah. I, after i read that I article colostrum pills. now you so are you sure um, what day was that because i got i got caught up twice now on april fool's jokes Oh no! It was a real Felix Gray got me, and then that and that supplement company got me. Yeah, it's no. a good point. So they, they might have been just trolling us. Yeah, did we get trolled? No, it's it's there's really women who are selling. You say it. that so confidently, uh, right there. I, there's no hesitation. No, yeah. it's for sure. Like I well, had some. There's a lot of wet nurses He's like, out I there had some yesterday. It. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I did a lot of research though. You know why? Because I was thinking like this is brilliant. Like you could. There's a market out. What is there. a lot? Of, what is a lot of research? It's look the like only. For that? It's the only protein drink specifically designed for humans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I almost sold myself. What was, are we even doing? I was thinking of like way. I was like, this is hilarious. I bet I could make a good commercial for this. And then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. This might be a good thing. Oh, it's on Google, huh, Doug? Yeah. It must be true. No, no. Look, but you know you want to go right to the source. It's got to be organic. You know, you got to get right up in there. Of course, of course, Dave Asprey <laughs> wrote on it already. Yeah. Look at this. Some bodybuilders claim breast milk helps build muscle mass more than any other food. I like the model they used for drinking the shake there. <laughs> yeah, she looks- She's got some big ones. <laughs> I'm just saying. By the uh, way, they, Justin, they gotta this, the size of the breast doesn't really tell you how much their milk they're producing. Just want you to know that. Is that true? What? Yeah, yeah it doesn't. That's mean, misleading. It's kind of like the big head doesn't mean you got a big brain type That's of deal. Correct. Wow. Act no, not at all. That's Did bogus. you guys know? You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. Did you guys know that human? Uh, well, okay, female humans are one of the only mammals that have permanently large breasts. Really? Did you know that? Like, oh, because they all deflate. Almost all, almost all other animals, their breasts or their teats or whatever, only swell up when they're you know gonna have when they're when they're producing milk to, for their young. Mm. They don't have big breasts all the time. No staying power. No, f uh, humans are one of the only mammals that have consistently big boobs all the time. Like obviously, girl, you know why? Well, the prevailing theory is that breasts have been sexualized by humans for a very long time. Because we evolved from being on all fours to standing upright, and boobs signify that a woman might have gone through puberty, might be fertile, and it's just a sexual cue 
that mm. we and we humans are very sexual. We're very sexual animals. Uh, we're, you know, I mean, most of the times we have sex, it's just so aggressive. <laughs> it's it's been getting, a couple of weeks, huh, I guy? Getting, <laughs> it's, it's been a couple Isn't weeks. Isn't that so, obvious? <laughs> yeah, get, Jesus Christ. Get, get your hands out oh, of your pants. Oh, man, sorry. Uh, sorry, guys. We're, you know, most of the times we have sex is not to procreate. And, and we always, have, and, and again, we're one of the only mammals to have sex when we're not in heat. You know, women can only get pregnant a small percentage of time, and yet they have sex all the time. So we're very sexual. So the prevailing theory is that breasts have been sexualized by humans, and so there was this kind of this. Therefore, they evolved to be bigger. They evolved mm. to be bigger because the women with big boobs all the time were the ones that were probably getting all the mates, and so same reason why male humans have of all primates, we have the biggest penises. Wow. Of all primates, yeah, yeah. In, in relation to our size. Like a gorilla, if you ever, by the way, if you ever make a joke and say, I got a gorilla dick, you don't know what you're talking about because yeah, gorillas yeah. have small penises. <laughs> they do. They yeah, do, they have very, very small penises. Yeah. Huge body. Have you heard someone say small that? Small little. I got a gorilla dick. Slaying that gorilla dick. <laughs> Actually, yeah. so you know how I used to read the encyclopedia when I was a kid? Yeah, yeah. I was in, I don't know, I was in seventh grade, eighth grade. You know how guys like try to brag, oh, my dick's so big, blah, and you know. Stupid, right? And I remember this kid's like, I got a gorilla dick. And because I read the encyclopedia, <laughs> I was like, you do, huh? You're like, I probably believe you. He's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, yeah, I think you do have a gorilla dick. He's like, yeah, I do. It's fucking. And I brought the encyclopedia and I'm like, it's two inches, bro. <laughs> it's tiny. You don't got in a gorilla. But anyway, again, because You're of like, the- I'm going with the donkey. Because the penis in men has been sexualized. So women, you know, they, they women consistently find a larger uh, penis to be- more aesthetic, and that probably helped him. Interesting. Yeah. Male too. yeah, well, I mean, motorboating became a thing. Dude, hey, a I result, have to right? uh, I have to check us, because we do this, right? Anytime that we put out information that, that we were wrong or we, we misled people. Yeah, write this down, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. Note, <laughs> note this. It's a mark in history. It happens. It happens every once in a while. And, uh, you know, our definition, uh, more, more so Sal's definition of power building was uh, off. And we were corrected that it is, you know, Michael Hearn supposedly has been the person who has really uh, made this popular. So has he revamped it in terms of like, was it defined more towards what we were describing like uh, a while ago and then it just got like a resurgence? Yeah. Or? So I was basing it off of what I remember bodybuilders, uh, you know, the bodybuilders that I remember using that term back in the day, um, you know, people like. Victor Richards, for example, back in the 90s, um, you know, uh, I've heard people refer to like Branch Warren style of training and other bodybuilders in the in the 90s and, and before, um, what's the name, Bertle Fox. Bertle Fox was a uh, guy, that guy went to jail for, for killing his girlfriend. But anyway, wow, he was uh, this, this bodybuilder, massive bodybuilder first time, and he worked out very loose and heavy, and he called it power building. And so that's what I thought they were referring to, but to be so corrected- yeah, it's used differently nowadays. Right, so people say O'Hearn's approach is to lift compound movements as heavy as possible with perfect form and low reps to build connective tissue strength. Mm. Then follow with bodybuilding moves to build the muscles. Yeah, so essentially what the workout looks like is you're doing these heavy low rep movements to start the workout, which is what. And then you do. This is how we program. Yeah, it looks a lot like animal. In some ways, yeah. I mean, we phase, well, right? But yeah, but I mean. We also encourage people that whether you're following one of our programs or building your own program, yeah. that this is kind of how the the order of operations should mm -hmm. go in your workouts. It doesn't make a not to be said, okay, because I know everybody hangs on every fucking word I say. Not to be said that you can't go the other direction. There's not some value into doing some isolation exercises first and then going to compound sure. lifts. But for the most part, fall, leading with compound lifts 
and going heavy first on those movements and then moving to isolation type exercises afterwards. Typically a better idea. Right. Yeah, because you're going to be able to maintain form and composure a lot more so than you would the other way. And And the argument is that these compound movements lend themselves better to heavier weight and lower reps. Whereas isolation movements lend themselves better to higher reps, which well, is true. And you're also yeah. getting you're getting a bigger bang for your buck in compound lifts, so it makes sense that you would want to conserve energy for those. So you wouldn't want to be fatigued when you're doing the movements yeah. that are the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, so, yeah. and Michael Hearn is a rare example of a bodybuilder that has trained heavy. For, the guy is he looks str- like a superhero. He is strong as fuck. I know he's been claiming natural forever. Some people dispute that. I don't care. The guy has been lifting heavy and strong for a long time. He's a badass. And the the thing I like about him is he obviously knows what he's doing because he hasn't had any major injuries. I don't know very many bodybuilders who train heavy like he does Mm -hmm. who haven't suffered from terrible injuries. Well, he's smart the way he does. He, He plays with a lot of angles. Right. Yeah. And so and what's smart about that is that, you know, where injury normally happens is when you get outside of that that range that you got really strong in. Right. You get really strong in the sagittal plane and then you do a movement and you slightly move out of that plane a little bit and you're weak there. And that's where injury occurs. Well, what he does really well. And if you watch a lot of the exercises that he teaches and demonstrates, he does a lot of unconventional type of lifts where he's angling his elbows out all weird and he's doing things. But what makes sense about that and the the logic behind that is to protect someone like him who lifts really, really heavy like that. You get strong in these kind of awkward type of positions. Then when you get, when you're lifting really heavy and it gets compromised a tiny bit, you still have got some control and strength outside of that. that Perfect. In my opinion, Michael Hearns, one of the most genetically gifted, uh, bodybuilders. Oh yeah. You've ever heard a story when he was like 16, he was like benching like ridiculous and squatting. He was a, he was a champion power lifter, I believe California. He was also a judo champion. A lot of people don't know that about him. Hmm. So he can also move and judo is a very explosive, athletic uh you know martial arts a full contact grappling art so he, he was a champion at that and he's been lifting this way for decades like the guy now has got to be in his mid 40s um but you know he was doing this way back when he was in his early 20s that's when i used to read about him you know back in the 90s and he's always and now he's always claimed natural again there's people who say he's full of shit or whatever doesn't matter but the dude has looked awesome since day one yeah, i don't care if you took and, i don't care if you took steroids like crazy for 10 years he's still still what he's done is unbelievably impressive well it makes more sense to me that he's uh you know, when you see someone who's trained a long time naturally and trained heavy a long time naturally it makes more sense the fact that he's remained relatively injury free because you see a lot of guys who get on gear get crazy with their workouts right and then the risk of injury goes up, right, you know, because yeah. the muscles get so big and strong, but the connective tissue tends to lag behind, or they don't get the control, you know, behind the weight. Now, the, the the other thing you have to understand too that people, are you the, know, we're gonna have him on the show, right? I, are we? we? Yeah, we, sweet. I know you guys were talking like months ago. Is it scheduled? I or? believe he is scheduled, and he's a cool guy. Like if you if you you know, I'll contact him. He'll he'll right away. He'll he'll message us back. Yeah. So I, I think the thing that him. I think people have to be careful of when you know here's this is another classic example of because he looks amazing and it's worked so well for him that so many people follow suit and natural or not natural because I don't care about that. He's definitely a genetic anomaly. Oh yeah, yeah. like you just and he's been doing it. For a long time. Yeah. Here's yeah, a guy right. that's been lifting good. I mean, not just lifting, but lifting good and competitively 
since he was a teenager. So right. he's he's got 30 years of decades that he's put in. Yeah. And that's the thing that everybody like tries to get like all the way up to where they currently are. I want to do that program because it's working. Look yeah. at that body. It's like, yeah, the, the, the base was decades in the making. Yeah. And if you look at guys who are natural for a long time and build up lots of muscle, you'll notice that many of them place an emphasis on heavy strength training. Yeah. You know, Skip LaCour was another guy. He was another guy that claimed that he was natural, but he was another guy that trained very heavy and, and, and you know, similar in, in a similar fashion. So, anyway, it's pretty cool. Did you guys read the article that was sent to us by Juve? No. So, I'm going to pull it up right now. Is it uh, new or what? No, they wanted to sit. So, you know, we, we obviously are sponsored by them, and they always are sending us studies and, and stuff on their products. Yeah. And the one thing that, you know, that they talk about red light therapy helping is athletic performance in particular the recovery of it muscle building and peak physical uh, peak uh, performance wow muscle and, building huh? yeah so there's clinical trials that show a significant improvement <laughs> for you know measures related to performance like max reps speed endurance now is that because of the recovery process because is that is that why it's they're they're, they're able to say that well so here's the thing about red light it's not a hundred percent understood as to how it works, we have a good idea. Like when you expose your body to red light, the your production of ATP, it like turbocharges your your mitochondria, and so your body starts producing more ATP. It starts to make things burn more of this energy and produce more of this energy. So it theoretically will speed up recovery. It kind of turbocharges your wow, body. Wow, it'd be really interesting to see that as, as a head-to-head battle with like creatine or something. Like somebody is like, okay, or combine it with creatine. Well, of course, that would be probably boom. The, That's I, my idea because it affects ATP the way it does. Yeah. My idea is to. So here's how I would do the red light therapy, and this is all theory. By the way, this is my theory, so I have no nothing to su- support this. But mm. besides my own anecdote. We know that creatine is utilized more effectively and efficiently by the body post-workout. We know mm-hmm. this now. It used to be believed that it really didn't matter, but now studies are showing that if you take creatine post-workout, you use more of it and you synthesize more ATP, like your body's trying to, to, to regain more of the ATP that it burned. So I go workout. I take my creatine post-workout. Now my body's primed to produce more ATP. I've got the creatine, which is going to fuel the ATP, and then I throw the red light on top of it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of turbocharging that effect. Mm. That's been my effect. That's my uh, kind of my approach lately. Now, have, did you? I know you talked that. about. Are you getting ready? To, have you mounted your juve in your sauna? No, not yet. In fact, I'm going to take some of these big panels home because okay. right now I have the small go one. Oh yeah, no, I think yeah, we're going to split that up because I want I want to bring mine too. In that last study, like we covered about like cognition, like I've. <laughs> that I, that resonated with me, and so I'm like like really adamant about including that, uh, you know, like on my face and on my head and everything else. Like if I'm going to get benefits from that as well. Yeah, no, it's um, it's funny because in some circles they're talking about red light therapy p- being a potential unfair competitive advantage. How funny is that? Wow. Yeah. How funny is that? Well, didn't that also happen with uh, what mushroom was that? Um, cordyceps. Cordyceps. Yeah, they did that with cordyceps <laughs> also for a little while. Yeah. Which you know, hey, look, if you've got organizations talking about something being an unfair advantage, it's because it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Apparently, they're paying attention. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 muscle building stuff that I'm reading is pretty is pretty interesting that they're showing. Like they did a grip test one where they found a 55 percent increase in grip test from using. 
uh, red light therapy. That's a big, imp- that's big. Well, dude, finally cool thing. You know, like it, it's interesting how like these make their way through the biohacking community. Like a lot of these like interesting new like techniques and technologies. And uh, now it's starting to make sense in terms of like muscle building. Like that's exciting. Yeah. And the way I look at all this stuff, I mean, we've talked about this so, so many times, is you want to look at all these things as cool ways to complement a good workout and good diet. Right. They do. If you have a bad diet and you're not working out well, well it's, a, it's, a it's sa- not going to do much. It's the same way I feel about like our Organifi green juice. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you're if you're diet shit, you're not working out, you're not doing these things, yeah. and you're you're drinking that, and you're like religious about drinking that. It's like okay, come on, dude. The the, the the size of that rock. But if you've got your your diet in order, you got your workouts in order, and you're lacking just not getting enough leafy greens in your diet, which I think a majority of people do. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, and I I brought this up before, but like same thing. Like if you introduce somebody that doesn't eat a lot of vegetables and fruits in their diet, like to like the green juice because it's easy to drink. It's one of those things that's like refreshing. Has this minty kind of like real easy, you know. And they they immediately feel the results of that because it's like they never eat vegetables. <laughs> they're deficient. <laughs> yeah. Like, Holy shit! But that's where like man, it makes a huge impact on somebody like that. Versus, you know, like we know the benefits of eating, uh, you know, whole natural foods and and you know fruits and vegetables. Yeah, that's superior. It's just so, gonna trump something it. I've been doing with the gold juice because the gold juice is uh, uh, it's it's a it's more of a parasympathetic product, right? It's supposed to relax your body's got turkey tail in it which is a relaxing um you know uh, mushroom or whatnot um yeah. it's got the uh the what's it called turmeric in there and the anti-inflammatory what, what juice are you talking about uh-huh. gold juice, gold juice. Oh. so what i do with the gold juice now the one that i always call the orange juice <laughs> <laughs> by the way dude yeah. macadamia nut milk and gold juice holy shit holy shit is that good it yeah. is incredible. You you, you you talked about that, frothing it, right? Yes. You do that with the tea? Oh, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. But anyway, so what, the move. what I've been doing with gold juice is if I do a workout that I'm at the point now where I can tell I might have overdone it a little bit. You know when you're done with your workout and you're like, okay, I think I went yeah. like, a, like a couple degrees too hard. Yeah, stretched it. Then I go with the gold juice because of the anti-inflammatory effects <laughs> and help kind of – because, you know, when you when you, you want some – if you overdo it, a little bit of anti-inflammatory, natural anti-inflammatory effects – I think will benefit your your recovering adaptation. If you're just working out normally and you throw a bunch of anti-inflammatory stuff at yourself, natural stuff, it might actually inhibit that muscle building signal. But I know when I push a little harder than I probably should have, yeah. then I drink the gold juice and it seems to make a difference because then I, I feel better like 30 minutes later and then the next day I'm not like nearly as tore up or sore or whatever. Hey, did you see what's going on with uh, Facebook and Zuckerberg trying to get his hands in the, the regulation of the internet Dude, stuff? Don't piss me off. Oh, <laughs> That's why I'm serving you up. I'm serving you up right now. <laughs> Tell me so all mad. about this. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw like some comment about him being the, the new government shill or something. He wrote a blog that basically he's making a case for um, – Internet for regulation by the government, you know, to protect our privacy, you know, to help regulate, you know, the kind of news that we're we're reading to prevent, you know, trolls from overseas. From- and he want he wants to help write the laws, right? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> There's no conflict of interest there at all. <laughs> Can I just listen? Please, please hear me on this. If there's anything uh, you hear about on this podcast, okay, I know we get into fitness stuff too, but just listen to this part right here, okay? This is a classic story it happens every time there's a new market players compete a couple giants emerge those giants then lobby government to create laws and rules and say no in order for people to get into this business they need to pass all these certifications and laws they need to have all these stringent measures and really all they're doing is is raising the barrier to enter the market 
to prevent any competition. Right. That's mm-hmm. all they're trying to do. If you look at like the major phone companies, AT&T and, and Pacific Bell and all those companies, that's what they did. They exploded <laughs> because all of a sudden everybody had telephones and they're like, oh no, wait a minute, we need regulation. So they partnered with government and now what we're left with is one fucking telephone company or one cable company or whatever. Same thing they're doing with the internet. You don't want regulation. You do not want your government regulating the internet. So far, it's fucking built itself and self-organized. And I'm telling you right now, look at the internet 10 years ago. Look at it today. So different, so much better because it's free and open. And here's what will happen. If people don't like a company because it's not doing what they want, they'll go somewhere else, including you, Facebook. People will leave you if they don't like you either. So, no. Yes, yeah, fucking Zuckerberg. <laughs> it's a classic example. They do this every time. Do you think, it'll, you think it'll go through? What do you think? I think they've tried uh, several times to pass regulations uh, for the internet. And it's been defeated several times. Here's how it could go down. And I'm not claiming conspiracy. I'm just saying if something major happens, let's say uh, millions of people's bank accounts get hacked or, you know, people's information gets stolen or uh, a big website that a lot of people, businesses are built like Amazon gets taken down. So everybody loses money. That's when they'll jump. When, they, when there's a big like, oh shit, then they'll jump because everybody's scared. Hey, we need you guys need us to save you guys. You need us to protect you guys. So we're going to pass this bill that will you know ensure that we help protect you guys. And then what's going to be buried in the bill that nobody ever reads, including the senators that and congressmen that pass it, is all this other shit that regulates the fuck out of the internet and essentially makes it uh, you know something that the government uses to do you know what they want or whatever. So that's what I think will happen. I don't think it'll pass unless there's an emergency. And I'm sure at some point something's going to happen, you know, just like anything else. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Everybody's trying to improve upon well, whatever. Meanwhile, what Russia's built their own internet. Yeah. Same thing. They uh, want to yeah, control. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now in, in this whole like fake news and government trolls and, uh, you know, going back and forth and this is not new. Governments have been doing this for a long time. We fuck with each other all the time. We try to influence each other's elections. They're just using the new mediums because I was listening to uh, uh, Harbinger's podcast and I forgot who he was talking to, but this guy's like, yeah, dude, he goes, there's whole, there's countries that have entire departments of people who are live, will go online and they'll post, make posts and they'll debate people to try to influence. Oh yeah. This is the long plate. I I was listening to somebody else who was on Joe Rogan describe like a part of, I don't know if this is the CIA or, you know, they've been monitoring a lot of these like Russian uh, influential like our bots or you know communities where they start like a, a certain community where they they have like marches and they, and then they plan these events and they don't even show up but they they throw gasoline into like these volatile issues and people just are completely manipulated from just starting this like sort of banter between uh y- you know people on twitter or whatever social media it is and this has been happening since the the beginning of social media and it's like it it, it just highlights how easy it is to fall in emotionally right. to these types of things and like we really need to check ourselves uh, as far as like who's really like, I mean, if you like talk to people in real life, are they really that inflammatory towards you? Like, usually, are not. You, usually not. Usually not. So no. I, that's kind of where I try to lean. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is how they're making the case for regulation. You know. Yep. So that's because of fear. That, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the scary part. Is like it's starting to convince people. Like, well, fuck, I don't want to get 
bamboozled by somebody on there and, and misled over something like that. So yeah, I think regulation's a good idea yeah. versus trying to filter it out and learn for yourself. That's like, when they try to pass the control. Yeah. When they try to get <clears throat> c- c- people to voluntarily give up their own liberty and their own freedom, it's always on the heels of something that scares us mm-hmm. and it's always sold or wrapped in the wrapping paper of it's for your own safety. It's for your own right, good. We're protecting you. We're going to protect you. So like you know, we talk about speech. Speech is getting attacked quite a bit nowadays with people saying, you know, we need to ban hate speech. Why? Well, you know, every once in a while we see something on social media that's just fucking repulsive. And people are like, I can't believe people would say something like that. And so on the heels of that, they'll say, oh, see, we can't let these people build an army of a bunch of bigots or racists or whatever. So we need to silence them. Do not give that power away. Do not give that power to anybody. That needs to remain completely free. And what what comes with freedom? What comes with freedom is responsibility and yeah. risks. But, uh, you know, history has shown us time and time again that less freedom, less liberty does not in- equal more safety. It, u- it usually is the opposite. Usually it's mm-hmm. fucking less safe. Like you go to China where things are much more regulated and controlled by the government and see how much safer you feel there than you do here. Go over there and criticize their well, government. There needs to be checks and balances, but it's a constant conversation that needs to be had. It's That's not it. something where you just block and shunt it from ever occurring. No, counter it with your own speech. Counter it with your own ideas. Counter it with... And so, like, like again, like, if Facebook starts to become super censor because they're a private company, they can do that. They can totally do that. If they start to censor all this shit and they start to become partisan or whatever, 100%. Someone else is going to create another platform that people will start to go to, and they'll start to lose market share. And right. so that's just that's the game they have to play, rather than let's make it so hard for competitors to enter the market that it's going to guarantee a monopoly by Facebook. They're already powerful enough. Yeah, you, you make it hard to compete against them. That's not going to be a good idea. So you know, it's really exciting today. We got to announce this, um, and this has been in the works for almost God, almost a year. It feels like it's probably been a whole lot of hard work for us for the last six months. Uh, we've officially refaced um, all the the major the main core programs, uh, upgraded all of them, upgraded the blueprints, upgraded all the exercise videos, and the website. We have been building that for quite some time uh, on a a way more robust platform. Uh, we've separated the the podcast uh, with the actually program website. Easier we've, to navigate through. We've gone through, and the part that I'm most excited to share with the audience is. You know, something that really helped Mind Pump grow early on before we even started selling programs is we created this 30 days of, of free coaching. And we really don't promote it very much because we wanted to go in and, and, and make it better and, and put it on the website and highlight it. Sal wanted to go through and, and redo the video so it's even, and even more robust. And so now if, when you scroll down, when you go to mindpumpmedia.com and you scroll to the bottom, it's uh it's free 30 days of coaching and it's uh, we've spent a lot of time a lot of effort into taking a lot of the information that we provide on the podcast and trying to encapsulate that in a 30 day teaching process of okay what subjects what topics if we had a client that hired us professionally would we want to try and cover in those 30 days and we try to put that all together for you guys and it's absolutely free and it has videos every single day where sal's talking to the camera then it's got all kinds of written content on there and links to all these uh, all the podcast episodes and it's mm. three it's it's 30 free modules on the 30 most important <laughs> things that we think people need to know about um in regards to health and fitness and so 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very it's, valuable. It's the most simplified process we could think of. And like, if you're somebody that knows like a coworker or, you know, we always get hit up with like, well, my aunt's struggling, you know, with, with getting into the gym or like even thinking about it. Like this is Start such there. the perfect place. Start there. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. I mean, the goal is just to be able to give people everything that they could possibly need if they're motivated um, to, to get themselves going in the right direction and to create it and produce it and make it free so that there isn't, you know, we, we eliminate all the reasons aside from your own personal reasons as to why you should get started. And it, so it's also designed too. So like, uh, the blogging, uh, site or the blogging piece of the site, I should say is uh, way better now too. So those that don't know this, there's anywhere between, you know, two to five blogs that are going out every single week. Sal's constantly writing incredible material on there. Uh, you now, if there's a, a certain person that's writing for us that you really like the content that, that they produce, you can subscribe to just that content and you can have it filtered to where you're getting a notification every time a new article comes up. And so a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of resources have gone into making this website better for uh, the consumer. I mean, this has been uh, something we've been working on for quite some time. Uh, I think we're all extremely proud of it and uh, excited to release it to the audience. And hopefully those of you that have already purchased the programs have already got the new updates inside your guys' uh, Mind Pump library. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll continue to do that. So that's something that was a promise that we made when we first started this this podcast was if you have purchased a program today or two years ago, that as we continue to do revisions and add more to it and provide more value to them, uh, you go automatically get it updated for free. Mm-hmm. Hey, what was that? You, you were talking about Marvel doing something. Was it? Was that oh, you, yeah. They, they they broke the internet the other day. What so, do you mean? So they did a pre-sale on the newest Marvel that's co- that's coming out. You mean and, the newest movie? Yeah, the newest movie coming out. And so the last one, you know, was it ended you up mean being, the Avengers? The, no, the the newest one that's coming. It's right. not. It's not out yet. It's on pre-sale right now. I forget. Oh, the, I, I forget. didn't know they pre-sell. What? They have a new one. So they so they decided to pre-sell. You know, the last one that they just did that already released is fourth all-time grossing. Like Captain it, Marvel wow. movies. Yeah, it got no. It wasn't Captain Marvel. No, the, other one. the Avengers one. Yeah. yeah oh, the, must okay. Infinity yeah. Wars. The, yeah, Infinity Wars. Oh, Thank yeah, yeah. you. So that one broke all kinds of sales records. Um, okay. And so they decided to pre-sell this it's one. End game, right? It's got to yes. be. This, it's, yeah, that's the Infinity War. That's the second part. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So. Oh, I'm reading that right now. They, Avengers End Game tickets pre-sale is in chaos. Yes. And wow. So what? It, so many people were trying to buy it. That there, you had to wait like an hour on your phone just to get the the presale tickets. Dude, I had no idea people were that like in, you know entrenched in this like right. franchise. Hey, it shatters it, ticket presale records, crashes websites, and it created long lines on Fandango. Yes. Dang. Wow. Yes. It, it literally is like the new Bro, Star Wars. Man. And here and here's the thing that I think of fucking. Guess who owns that? Disney? Yeah, Disney. Disney. Yeah, Disney's a look, killing it. Look the fuck out, I'm Disney. So glad. What they did with Marvel was just insane. I'm like, so I mean, glad that, I own their series. Marvel was always like one of my favorites, but like they've really, really like highlighted all of the characters and, and maxed them out to like where you're like, wow. You know, like Iron Man like was my favorite comic of all time. And it never, you never saw a good movie about Iron Man. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and it's like, holy shit, it's just as good as Batman. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Disney, they, they did like Star Wars. I mean, I had kind of like low hopes, like, all right, let's see how they. 
Yeah. And they did a decent job. Dude, they did I, a great job. I, I don't know about you guys. Second I would, movie, not so much. I would assume with you guys having kids, like, still this day, dude, Disney movies are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. there's the movies that get me, a, they have just, the cinematography, the the audio behind it, the actors, yeah. the it's story. It's all that, but yeah, it's it's really, it's they've they've kept the, the story as being the most important. Yes, like, yes. And like, you know, they That's have. That's the value. Yeah, like, you need that. You need that. That's what carries it, you know, and, and gives it staying power. Absolutely. And you, you're talking about Disney making you emotional. You just wait till you have your boy, man. Oh, yeah. You all know, the Pixar movies yeah. <laughs> will get you Bro, immediately. I, I will never forget this, man. My son must have been, I think he was like three and we're sitting on the couch, and it was like the first time that we watched a full movie. You know, when kids are real young, they don't like to sit down for a full movie. This is the first time, like, my boy and I sat and watched a whole movie together. It was Finding Nemo. Oh, my God. And I did that, too. The, yeah, the scene where he, he, Nemo, uh, you know, he loses his son yep. when, the, when the kid snatches him up on the boat, and then he's chasing his... And I, first time dad, and we're watching it, and I'm looking at my son, and he, I'm like, I'm going to fucking cry? This is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. This is weird. Yeah, they got you. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm watching a cartoon. I'm about to cry. I never cry. I don't cry on for shit. Bro, I got like uh, a teared up a bit reading The Giving Tree. Oh, to, that one's fucked. To my, yeah, that to one, my kid. That's almost that fucked like, up. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, like I'm not appreciating this process. Yeah. Well, this is <laughs> this is why I think Disney's going to make a run at Netflix. I really do. I really think at, at, the, at the very least, we are going to see... Republicans and Democrats. We're going to see a split, right? At the very least. Who's using what media? Yes. Probably. Yeah, at the very least, we're going to see that. If yeah. we don't see an absolute dominance by by Disney, I think that they will at least cut the market share in half. You know what, though? I'll say this, though. The Republicans are way, way outgunned when it comes to, to movies and that the Democrats crush that. Well, you know what I mean by that, right? Yeah. I mean like that we're gonna we're gonna divide it like yeah. that. We're gonna there you're gonna have two, and then everybody else will kind of fall by the way. Even like Apple, as much I know, I posted about Apple uh, the other day. I don't think that Apple is gonna be the main company that rivals. At least not now. I mean, Apple may have the power and the finances to buy up one of these companies one day, or partner with them somehow. Right. Uh, I don't think they'll actually yeah. take down Netflix. They'll they'll be like you know. The, There's no way. Not unless their like their whole thing is uh, you know highest quality and like the luxury brand of Apple. You know, right? Is is carrying them, and so for them to get into this space, they would need to have the best quality show ever. Well, what they did do and what they announced, and that's why I posted about it, is. They they made a deal with HBO and Showtime. Okay, now that's smart. They made a deal with HBO, and so yeah. you will be able to get HBO and Showtime, like how you get it right now. I think I pay like ten ninety nine for each one of those. Yeah. Rumor has it that Apple will be providing a better deal for that than that anybody else will. Mm. Yeah. So if that's the case, and Showtime and HBO have already been crushing it on these series, right? I mean, oh, since the long- beginning, they're the, they're the ones that that created this this sort of uh, uh, you know medium. Yes, in, in the, terms the, of the Soprano, yeah. Six Feet Under, The now Wire, did, like these are all Showtime HBO uh, shows. Did you see the whole thing about Game the of o- Thrones about yeah. the Oscars and uh, is it the Oscars or uh, I think it's the Oscars and Netflix? So they got a letter, um, and I don't know from from who, but saying they could be persecuted if they don't include Netflix shows in, as part of their awards. Wow. Did you guys see this? I got to no. look this up. I, because, it, because it could be like, uh, what's the word? Not um, Like these antitrust laws, these old antitrust laws that could be used because Netflix is not being thrown into these award shows. Oh, is, yeah. this, is this because of unions Prosecuted. and things like that? That's the right word there, Doug. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Prosecuted. 
Not persecuted. Perse- <laughs> What's the difference between persecuted <laughs> yeah. and prosecuted? That would be like they get, yeah. they get put in a, in a, in a uh, cage and whipped. And, yeah, and based on your beliefs, yeah. uh, we're just gonna, yeah. Jesus was persecuted, bro. You. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Let me look this up here. Uh, yeah, there it is. The de- the depart. Okay, so the banning Netflix from the Oscars could break the law. The Department of Justice warns. So it says that they've uh, Netflix has faced black backlash over its Oscar nominations, and pressure on its inclusion in the annual Academy Awards has been growing. Now the DOJ suggests that the organization could be violating antitrust laws Ooh. if it attempts to exclude Netflix. Well, they don't want to let the wolf in the hen house. Yeah, stupid. This is so dumb. Who cares? Why does the Department of Justice give a fuck? Who yeah. cares? <laughs> I don't know. God, it's so dumb. Fine, ban Netflix. They'll do their own award show. Hollywood is just shit. salty about it. It's because they're so entwi- intertwined with, with government. You know uh, what I'm saying? To, yeah. For sure. Yeah, throwing their money around and shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that. Stupid. Speaking of media... So I somebody sent me the study. They've now linked multimedia, uh, t- multi excuse me, media multitasking. So going from app to app or you know platform to platform, being very dis- distracted. Mm. They've associated it now with higher risk of obesity and an increased responsiveness to rewarding food stimuli. Oh wow! Uh, so that first part wasn't a big deal, right? Higher risk of obesity. I'm like, oh, you know, people on going back and forth, probably not moving. Probably distracted, whatever. Wow. But the second part was interesting. Increased responsiveness to rewarding food stimuli. Let's put that together. Uh, why do you guys think that may be? Well, because you're going down the rabbit hole, bouncing from app to app. Instagram. Well, what, what do we t- tend to do too when we, we sit and binge watch? Like when oh, I you're binge mindless wa- about eating. Yes. Yeah. I binge, yeah. If I binge watch a show, like that's when I want to go get something and snack on it and make bad decisions. And it just feeds right into that mindless eating. Well, so this says that it's the increased responsiveness to rewarding food stimuli. So what this tells me is that they are, when they separate the people out, they're finding that people who multitask a lot or, or go back and forth between media respond stronger to rewarding food than normal people. Now, what this tells me, and here's they, my theory. Because they need it more. Yeah, I think that you're when you're priming your brain with dopamine mm. all the time, it becomes less responsive to or, or you need to give it more dopamine to give you the same effect. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. So like being bored, far more boring because there's nothing at all. And something that normally would be wo- rewarding to you. So you're building up sort of a tolerance. Yes, wow. absolutely. So you're literally training your brain to be hyper-responsive to dopamine. So you're probably more likely to want that hyper-palatable yeah, food. you want to seek it out. And so you can reward yourself with food, get the same kind of hit. Crazy. Huh. Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quiqua. First question is from Returd. <laughs> Who, who picked this one? <laughs> Justin picked this one, did he? No, I didn't. I we didn't know the name. To say the name. Oh my god! It it's spelled uh, the, uh, the name is spelled R E E and then turd T U R D. So it's like a bunch of jokes on one. Like, wow, you got us. You got us. Like, great, <laughs> great. We just, great we just got trolled. You right just there. got us. It's you a girl us. too. Oh yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the question? Down so here's the question. She's my, like my my spirit animal. 
My chiropractor told me to stop doing straight bar flat bench because it's terrible for shoulders and being a woman, I wouldn't build my chest muscles anyway. He told me if I had to bench to use decline bench and it would hit my underboob muscles and give me a lift. Is he full of shit? Yeah, the short answer, oh, yes. Those underboob yeah. muscles. Yeah, yeah, the short answer, yes. He's <laughs> yeah. very full yeah. of shit. <laughs> right. If your chiropractor is not Dr. Brink or Jordan Shell, yeah, that's, that's what the forum's for. That's why we got them on there. Both those guys are on there. You guys can, can reference yeah. these types of questions. Yeah, I, I would not listen to a chiropractor about exercise and workouts unless they were also exercise specialists. And not all chiropractors are. I've worked with chiropractors in the past where clients would come to me afterwards and say, Oh, my chiropractor says I shouldn't do any leg exercises. Well, even, I shouldn't, yeah. like, even the statement, stop doing straight bar flat bench because it's terrible for your shoulders is just a, a flawed statement. Totally. Like totally. Now, flat he, bench press is not terrible for your shoulders. Flat bench press the wrong way could be terrible for your shoulders. That's right. But that does not mean it's bad for your shoulders. I mean, it's. I hate when someone says something. Like, this is part of the problem with the space. Yeah, is we we've we've we scare people into thinking that oh, this is. I mean, even even as a trainer, I remember uh, getting told stuff like this, like the squatting just down to ninety degrees and only benching down to ninety degrees. Right. It's, instead of treating humans like they're a bunch of idiots, like how about like addressing why flat bench might be bad for somebody's shoulders? Well, yeah, if you have excessive upper cross syndrome and you have these these pronounced rounded shoulders really really bad and then you go do heavy bench press and you don't address the problem sure i can agree with him that that could be bad for your shoulders but i also would take it a step further and explain to you as my client why that is and then how you should address it and somebody who's a chiropractor i would expect to know that would expect to be able to explain to you what you have going on with your body and why it may be bad for you and what corrective exercises you should do to address that. Right. And at the end of the day, like he's a very simple way to understand this. If you can do a movement, any movement with good control, good stability and good balance. In other words, you have great mobility for that movement. That movement is safe, and I really don't care what that movement is. Now, some exercises require far more skill, far more control, and far more balance than others. Some exercises have far more risk involved with doing them. Like if you do an Olympic lift, for example, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. If it's perfect, it's very safe. Some exercises have less risk, like a curl. Curl doesn't always have to be perfect. Probably not going to hurt yourself. So, of course, that's true. But again, if you could do the movement well with good stability, good control, good mobility, good balance, everything looks good, perfectly safe, not going to be a problem. So, in other words, do it properly. Yeah. Anytime, uh, yeah, if you don't have a follow up of education after, like, you know, somebody in the health profession says that this exercise is bad for you, I have an immediate red flag to that. Like, in, in you know, because we've gotten this the whole time, like pulling anything behind your neck or doing any kind of behind the neck press or um, like literally it's not the exercise as much as it's, you know, body. The, the work and the body and you don't have access to that yet. You know, and if that's some, a goal of yours to gain access to that or, um, you, you know, your the way that your body and your posture is is currently set is giving you pains and, it, and it's it's signaling something is is wrong in the way that your mechanics are handling this this load and this stress. Then we need to address that now. I need to have an answer to that. So it, I need to know the practices to put in place now to then benefit my shoulder. Yeah, it all it all depends on uh, you know how you uh, uh, look. There's two approaches here. One approach is, oh, 
I watch you do a squat. You got bad knees, hurts my knees. Okay, don't squat anymore. Option two is I watch you do a squat. Squat doesn't look good, hurts your knees. Why can't you squat? Let's figure out why you can't squat. Let's fix the reasons why you can't squat and let's get you to be able to squat. Will I succeed at being able to get you to squat? Most of the time, yes. Sometimes, no. But whatever I do to help you get to the point where you can squat, even if we never achieve that, is going to benefit you because I'm addressing the issues versus the old way, which was, oh, your back hurts when you do yeah, that. Don't it. do that anymore. Yeah, just oh, avoid things. Yeah, oh, your arm hurts when you reach overhead. Don't reach overhead anymore. That's the old answer, which is a terrible answer. You know, the old saying, if you if you don't use it, you lose it. Completely true. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I can't, you know, if I don't, I don't bench press because it hurts my shoulders and you're not addressing why. You're just like, I'm not going to bench. You're going to lose function. It's going to make it much worse. The second part. Yeah, you got to address. I was going to say, please yeah. address the second part because I think this gets worse. The underboob. By, 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 you gave the wrong exercise. By, by encouraging a decline bench for somebody who, because I'm assuming if the chiropractor told this person this, we're just going to go ahead and assume that he's at least smart enough to understand that the reason, or we're, we understand the reason why he's doing it is because she's probably got these rounded shul- forward shoulders, right? And, or upper cross syndrome. And to, recommend a, a decline bench to that person is awful. Mm-hmm. I would never recommend a decline bench. I, I wouldn't recommend a decline bench to most people, period. I most certainly wouldn't recommend it to somebody who has upper cross syndrome. Yeah, they're already reaching to compensate. Right, exactly. It's, if, if anything, they go an incline. They're exactly. Be, they're incline be, would have been a better option. Yeah, and they'll be shrugging their shoulders. Yeah, the they're time. already. If you have upper cross syndrome, you already have in, in overactive traps, you're already in this elevated trap position and rounded forward. So if that's what's going on and that's why flat bench would hurt your shoulders. It also means that decline bench would be ridiculously stupid. Oh to my do. god! If you had AC yeah. joint issues in your shoulder, let's say your your acromioclavicular joint has problems, a decline <laughs> decline bench would fuck you up. But exacerbate. But here's the other thing that I'm seeing too with this chiropractor. He's like, "Hey, don't bench. It's bad for your shoulders. You know what you should do? You should do decline because it'll lift your boobs. Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah lift them boobs. What up. the f- who the fuck talks huh? like that? Yeah. No. Okay. First of all, stupid. Second of all, if you want to lift your boobs with an exercise, incline. Incline will lift your boobs more than decline because hitting the upper pecs will cause things to lift up. Doing a decline may actually give you more of a uh, a lower, uh, a hanging boob kind of look. If that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a lift, hit the upper hit the upper chest. Will it give you a lift? Maybe a little bit. I don't think it's going to work any miracles, but that's a silly way to sell an exercise too. Yeah. You know? Find a new chiropractor. Yeah, definitely. definitely find. He's probably, it sounds like the kind of guy that you, kind of one of those chiropractors you go in, and every time you go and he adjusts you, yeah. you know, crack, crack, you're good. I'll see you next week. Yeah. yeah. Don't and you, then you find out later he's kind of a breathitarian at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like weird. Next question is from Taylor Baca. Do you think foods like Halo Top give people an excuse to overeat and create a bad relationship with food? Ooh, this is a good a little debate here. Mm-hmm. I had Halo Top just two nights ago. Did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why this Do you like it? I do. I do like it. It's got it. a weird taste to it. It, it. Yeah, it doesn't taste like good old ice cream, that's no, for sure. No, no. Yeah, it doesn't taste as good as ice cream. So but... what's the ingredients in that, the Halo Tops? There's a lot of air. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You think yeah. I'm joking? No, no. They, fl- they do. You it's can just whipped. No, you it can is. literally taste you that can there's eat, a lot of air. Yeah, you can. When you actually, uh, like, I, like, so one of the ways I let it melt on my tongue, and then you can, it, it melts weird. Like it, huh. like it, like does it feels like it dissolves on? Yeah, your I've tongue. never had one, so I'm curious. Like cotton candy, like a big old piece of. Yeah, gone. yeah, it yeah. does kind of have that 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 feel to it, and that mouth feel when you eat it. I mean, it's only like 280 to 320 calories for the whole pint. Yep. Oh yep. yeah. So that so here's the thing. Um, God, I I could argue I could argue this both ways. 
So I, I, I it's think, all on how you. It's all right. Why right. And I, how. It really, it really depends on the person that I'm speaking to and who I'm coaching and their relationship with food. I like Halo Top. There's, there's uh, two of them in my freezer right now. Two nights ago, I had one. Uh, I, I have it in there on on nights when I I feel like I want I want to treat like ice cream and it, it's a better alternative for me than sitting down and having a Ben and Jerry's pint the same size of Ben and Jerry's is fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred calories of uh, just a That's pure a, big difference. a pure sugar huge difference mm-hmm. and so and and sometimes I don't even eat all the Halo Top so if I'm eating one hundred and forty calories gives me the mouth feel like I'm eating ice cream. I, I don't see a major problem. Now, I could also make the case on the other side of it encouraging these where you eat because it's low calorie and you're you eat ju- like two of them. Right. And you eat them every single night, yeah. you know, and or it's, you're just feeding the need for hyper palatability right. with your food. Yeah. You're feeding the need for the pleasure, the hedonistic pleasure that you get from food. There's the, the breakdown of what's in there. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's. I mean, the ingredients aren't bad. I no, mean, it's, it's not. It's they're, it's really not. They're, that's no. why I like them. It's a it's a lesser evil for yeah, me. Yeah. Like uh, I I've I've admitted on this show many times that Gorgon. I had a, a sugar and an ice cream addiction for many years, and so it's taken a long time for me to to break that. And for a long time, I had nothing at all. And this is kind of my way of. It's like if you're addicted to heroin and now you went to methadone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Now you're gonna get your methadone, addic- you know, <laughs> shots. Eh, it's not as bad. Yeah, as well. you know, I, like I said, I could, I could argue this both ways, man. I could, uh, sleepy. I could, I could definitely, I could see, uh, you know, like you said, you're just, you are, you're feeding an addiction, you're justifying yeah. it. But, yeah, uh, like if somebody's got really bad relationship to food, all they value food for is its, is its hedonistic pleasure qualities, which is the, you know, obviously the palatability, yeah. the taste, the mouthfeel, all that stuff. And they're like, but I want to lose weight. So that what they do is they switch to sugar-free, you know, uh, sodas. They they go to all these diet foods, and what ends up happening is they eat less calories, and they may lose weight as a result of that. But they haven't really solved the root cause of their problem. Yeah. And at some point, here's what happens: at some point, uh, you're going to keep eating these low sugar, low calorie replacements and at some point that's going to stop uh it's going to stop satisfying you and then you go back to the the real deal and because you've never solved the root problem so it really all depends on how you use the halo top if you're if you've got good relationship to food and everything's good and you're pretty healthy and you don't have these big issues with food and you want to have a halo top every once in a while to enjoy the taste okay not a big deal but if you're you know if you if you see that there's two types of people that buy these types of foods one are the hyper-focused on their body type individuals, so like your bodybuilders, people who are shredded, lean, people who are really focused on how they look, and so they eat these things to to be able to eat low calorie. The other one, if you pay they attention, they feel like they're missing out yeah. on like you know everybody else is enjoying desserts and they That's can't it. anymore, right? And the, the other one, if you really pay attention, are obese people. Yeah. It's obese people trying to lose weight by eating. All this sugar-free, right. low-calorie yeah. diet type stuff. So they're getting the, you know, the lean cuisine meals. I like that they use real cane sugar in it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's they use real cane sugar in it. Most of the ingredients in it are pretty freaking solid. Yeah, so. Stevia, guar gum. Uh, they use uh, guar skim, gum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I think of all those guys. Sounds so metal, in, in doesn't the band. it? Well, the band guar is amazing. Yeah, the urethriol is in there. Um, gl- vegetable glycerin. It, I mean. Carob gum. It's a lot of things that give it bulk. Yeah. You know, uh, there's like a prebiotic a bunch fiber. Of binders. Yeah. And you can kind of taste it. The erythriol bother. So I get the one that's coconut milk. So they make a Halo Top one that's dairy free. Yeah. 
And um, but it still bothers my gut a little bit, and I think it's the urethriol. If I mm-hmm. if I if I urethriol urethritol, sorry, urethritol. If yeah. I push that too hard, that can bother Urethra. my my yeah. stomach a little bit. You know, very similar to this though. Like Courtney and I were just having a conversation about uh, we, we've been drinking like a Truly or like a White Claw or like these. Uh, these alcoholic options that are basically like really low calorie and like little to no sugar, like one gram of sugar to maybe three at the most. Uh, so in comparison, it's like it's gotten to a point where it, it feels like it's it's sort of free, you know, but like we recognize that right away. We're like, oh, well, you know, this has been like heavier in the rotation uh, because it has that that feeling of like, well, it's it's less calories, it's less sugar I'm intaking, so you kind of justify, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's one of those things we try to check ourselves, you know, yeah. even even with something like that. I'm I'm very careful on how like I talk about something like this too because like I don't share this on my story. I admit on the show because we're talking about it, somebody asks a question, I would most certainly wouldn't lie about it and say, "Oh no, I don't ever use sure. Halo Top like I do." But I also don't promote it I, and I don't like fitness professionals that promote a lot of this stuff. I just don't, I think you need to know your audience better. I think, I think there's less people that would have a good relationship with it and know how to use it. I think, uh, in the smart way mm-hmm. than there are the other people that would use it as a crutch or abuse it. Right. So I am not a fan of, they just don't talk about it. Right. They don't talk about it. Like you're talking about it right now. Like what they'll do is they'll show a halo type ice cream with like sugar-free Reese's Pieces on right. it, and a big old thing. They'd be like, and then they'd show the macros, only 300 calories. That's how they promote it. Yes, you know? and th- and and I think that you got to know that who you're talking to. You're talking to a lot of people who have a bad relationship with food, have food addiction, and you're giving them this excuse of, look, you can still eat all these great things and and get it in great shape like mm-hmm. me. And it's like, well. You're probably training five to seven days a week hard. You've built all this muscle. You've measured macros for years, and you're promoting this. Your audience is not like that. Your audience is undisciplined, poor relationship with food, doesn't understand macronutrients or micronutrients very well, and you're basically giving them a green light that hey, you could eat this stuff all the time. Stack it on top of bad. You know, this is why. This is why I didn't like IIFYM when it came out. I just. It used to piss me off when I would see these trainers that would, you know, show themselves shredded and ripped, and then the they they don't post their healthy meals; they post all the shit food. It's like they're bragging. Yeah, it's like, look at me, I can be the, I can be this ripped, and you, you, yeah, that's what people want to hear. Of course, they want to hear that. You because every client that I've ever had, that's what they struggle with is letting go of these foods they're addicted to, yeah. and so you're kind of telling them like, oh, you can still have your addiction and still look good. And it's like, ah, I don't think that's the right message mm. to be sending to most people. Now, does that mean that I don't have pizza every once in a while? Does that mean that I, I don't have a halo top? you uh, shredded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What kind? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, here's how I do it, okay? I eat healthy most of the time, and I enjoy it uh, because I've connected food to other things aside from the just the, the, the flavor, the palatability, the, the hedonistic pleasures of it. Um, but every once in a while, I like the pleasure of eating food as well. And you know what I do? I eat the real fucking thing. Like if I go to, you know, if I go out and I'm like, man, you know what? I I want some pizza or I want a burger. I'm not going to go eat a diet burger or a diet pizza. I'm going to get the real thing. If I want to have a soda, which I am not a big soda guy, but I will have some soda once a month, maybe once every other month. I'm not a big soda guy, but when I do, I'm going to get diet. Why the fuck am I going to have diet? Let me have the real thing because the reason why I'm having this and I'm being aware aware is I want to enjoy it 
for the flavor of it. So rather than doing the whole like fake food type of shit, I see that being something that people inject in their lives every day. So because they have to have something like right. that in their lives every day, they go for these diet type foods, which again, I don't yeah, think they're it's making the best. it work. Yeah, like okay, this works now. It's such yeah. low calorie. Like, okay, I mean, you, I guess you could do that, but you know, because we're trying to promote the the best message, um, I'm not going to communicate it that way. Next question is from Linzer Beth. What are the benefits of massage therapy for training mentality and recovery? How often should you get a massage? What kind of massage? And to what to look for in a massage therapist? Hmm. So Katrina got me. Yeah, she did. That she got you. She got me, man. She, she massages every day, right? She, yeah, man. I, I tell hope you, you're giving her massages right uh, now. Every yeah, day. she actually. You know what's funny right now? I was just giving her a hard time. She's in this uh, in between stage where. You know, I, I can only put so much pressure on her. I can only, you know, uh, she's sensitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, she's starting to get uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, I like to lay next to her and I want to, I, I want to put my hand on her belly all the time. And just the weight of my hand sometimes is uncomfortable for her. So she's kind of like, uh, <laughs> pushes me. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Which is funny because feet. I am not the cuddle. Usually person. she's the one yeah. trying to get Right. Her. She's always trying to cuddle me and I'm like, uh, space, space. But now that she's, She's carrying my baby boy in there, like oh, little takeaway clothes. Right, right. <laughs> At night, I want, I want to, I want to hold him, right. So I always want to put my arm on him, and she's always like pushing me away, and I'm like, "Fuck, man!" Gonna, oh, gonna, now it and she's got like, now she has like exactly five. What happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> you make fun of me all the time. I can't wait. It's <laughs> all good. The, the, the power yeah. has been the, switched. The tide has turned. She's got like five pillows now, dude. She's built walls up and shit. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. It's like I fucking, remember these days. Yeah, dude. It's like no, I gotta try to break through all no, what, about, what about me what about me baby yeah, yeah it's so I'm important too yeah. yeah it's so weird she's right like now. shut up go give me uh, something yeah. to eat. but i tell you i tell <laughs> you what man when she was some of the best i ever felt in my life was uh train training around competitive days so i was training hard man so training really hard a lot of volume but i was also getting a consistently three like three times a week i was getting a pretty deep tissue massage from her and boy, did it keep me feeling great, man! I uh, it, it the for a lot of different reasons I see now too. Like maybe when I when I first was doing it, it was like this. It was all about the instant relief of like being super tight, and then that feeling of her rubbing it out, and then like my CNS probably relaxing and mm -hmm. that release, like how good that would feel. Um, but I also feel the, the meditative piece of it too. Like it's you know you're in a quiet room, they're normally playing, playing some music. Like it was so relaxing for me. I, I realize now I, I miss a lot of that in my life on a regular basis. And if you have the luxury or the finances to afford uh, a massage therapist, especially a good one. And and when I say a good one, like a lot of people are like, what do you mean by a good one? Yeah, like, it makes is, a big difference. And, and you know, I'm, I'm definitely a massage snob after having someone like Katrina. Katrina's family started the uh, first original massage school in the Bay Area, yeah, they're so, like the OGs. Yeah, of that. They are champions, and so and her whole family are are OGs, and they're and they're incredibly talented. And she was the one before that. I had I had like sporadically had some massages, and I was kind of like eh, about it. I actually liked sweetest massages, the ones where they barely even get into you and rub you, and just never really liked massages. And she would always tell me trying when she was trying to convince me to get a massage that you need a good one. You haven't had a good one yet. Wait until you get one where somebody who really understands the body. And so she really does this incredible job of, and I can feel her doing it now. She's done it obviously so many times. I can, I can, I'm aware of it. And you can feel her kind of just 
she's lightly warming me up and she's kind of working her way around my body and she she knows the muscles so well that she can feel when it's when one of them's tight or overactive and she understands where the origin insertion is and then all of a sudden she starts warming that that muscle up and she gets me to the point where it starts to relax and then you, she sinks deeper and deeper and deeper into it to a point where it'll put me to sleep yeah dude. good mm-hmm. massage therapists know muscles they know insertions they know the way that fibers run mm-hmm. they know how muscles are supposed to feel um, and they're also very in tune to the unspoken or unsaid energies that you can receive from another person so a lot of times you know if you ever walk into a room and you're like, man, it's tense in here. The reason why you feel that tension is there's a lot of cues that your subconscious yeah. brain picks up all on. The body language happening. It, there's all this stuff that we don't even, we, we can't even describe that you feel, and your body makes these, and your brain makes these uh, these decisions. Mas- a good massage therapist is extremely, extremely empathetic. They're an empath, where they could feel energies, and they know when they're applying too much pressure, not enough pressure, what you need. Um, and so that's that makes a really good one. Massage. Uh, one thing that we need to, I think, communicate is the value of human touch. Also, oh right, Great so it's point. it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. the the benefit of the the massage itself, like the the function of the massage and the in the pressure and all Something that. Stuff. Very therapeutic about that. It's there's there's a and this is a this has been very documented. You know, they've done there were some terrible studies at a Soviet Union where they took oh, children, they neglected kids. Yeah, and, they, oh, they had yeah, children uh, who from uh, they were uh, was it called um, orphans. Uh, and these babies that were born without parents or whatever, and they did studies where some of the babies they just fed them. They hold they they put give them a bottle and that's it. And then the other babies they fed them. Plus the nurses would cuddle with them and play with them and stuff like that. And they just wanted to see if it made a difference. And the ones that didn't get touched did not thrive. They were ill. They didn't grow very well. Many mm-hmm. of them developed uh, mental issues as a result. Human touch is extremely extremely necessary for overall health. And so I think the people who benefit the most from massage are people who are lonely. Yeah. Like if you're if you don't have I you, agree with that. If you don't hug lots of people, if you don't have a lot of close family, if you find yourself to be a little bit of a, a recluse or whatever, or you have a difficult time connecting with people, believe, trust me. And you, you're probably the person listening. Like I don't like massages. I don't like people touching me. You will benefit the most. Go get a massage. Get a good one. <laughs> Where they take your shirt off and you're in your underwear and you can feel their skin on yours. Yeah, you're vulnerable. Yes. Which is, this is all part of the process. I was trying to describe this to one of my clients who was like the most tense person ever. I'm like, look, I could I could spend an entire session on mobility and do whatever I can with you, but like you, you need more. Like mm-hmm. you need more. And so I kept trying to sell this idea of like, yeah, I know it might sound uncomfortable, but that's why you need it. You know, like obviously, like this is something that uh, you know is like you didn't you didn't receive that or like it was like you know a, a fear of yours, but uh, really it's going to make a massive difference. And it did. Like he finally like went and and it was like game changer. For There's him. a lot of guarding that some people do that has to do with other things. Like I had a client um, I, I remember uh, very well who I would do, when I first started training them, every once in a while, I'll do an exercise with someone, especially corrective movement, and I'll notice that their movement patterns are really off. And so some of my strategies include very remedial deep tissue work. So like I'll place my hands on their traps and press them down, or I'll press on particular areas just to get the CNS to to relax. And then we'll do some stretches. This guy was so sensitive that I literally would place the lightest touch on his traps and he'd, oh, like, he'd kind of, yeah, yeah, he'd move away yeah. from me. Yeah, I had a guy like that. And I was like, whoa, this guy is holding a lot of stress and anxiety in his body. 
And so I actually bought him a massage with the massage therapist that I worked with. I had this excellent therapist uh, that used to rent space for me. And so I bought him one and he went in there and she's very good at what she did. Well, after a few sessions, the changes in the way this guy moved were tremendous. And I think it had to do with just human touch. Now, from a, from a, a, a purely functional perspective, that deep tissue work, when you press on a muscle real hard, it sends a signal, especially if you do it the right way, it sends a signal to the CNS for that muscle to relax. And we do store memories and emotions in our body 100%. If you got bad news right now, your posture would change. You'd hold your body different. If you were stressed, if you were happy, if you were whatever, your body changes according to how you feel. And that gets stored oftentimes in your body. So what ends up happening is, let's say you have a lot of stress and you've developed this, uh, this procedure where you compartmentalize that stress. So you kind of keep it on the side and you focus on other things, but it's still there. Guess where, where else it is? In your body. So then yeah. next thing you know, at the end of the day, you're like, fuck, my neck is so tight or why is my shoulder right, That's where we hear things jaw like, hurt. That's where we hear, yeah, locked jaw or tension headaches yeah. mm-hmm. and you get yeah. things like that is absolutely you store it. Absolutely. And so a good therapist will do something like, uh, I, I, this, is, this was my experience, like she would press real hard on me and then she'd stop and she'd be like, I need you to breathe while I'm doing this. Breathe into it. And I remember thinking like, breathe into it. Like my lungs are here. You're pressing on my leg. That doesn't make any sense. And she explained it to me. She said, hold your breath. What happens to the rest of your body? Yeah. You tense, tense up. She's like, breathe into it. Let it let it relax. And so she kind of coached me through the process. So yeah, a good massage therapist worth their weight in gold. And the benefits you'll get from it are better movement, uh, more relaxation. It's great for stress relief. Uh, uh, just overall better health. It's, 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 it's how I survived before mobility really took over my sure, life. Sure, totally. Like, like I, I now do a, a lot, a lot of mobility work myself. Before I was doing a lot of mobility work, like that was my kind of my bandage. That for, and meditation for right. me. Yeah, just mm. just having that space where, like, yeah, I was I was mindless, and it, yeah, it was a great great uh, addition to that. Next question is from Lauren Stalker. What was your immediate first impression of the other three Mind Pump partners? Can you think of something they've done since that has solidified that impression or has broken that impression? Oh, uh, well, I'll start with, because I think I have... Be honest, too. <clears throat> yeah. No, no, no. I'll, Brutally. I, I, I'll start. And I, I know Justin didn't like me. I, 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 I have I'll shared... To that. I've mm-hmm. shared... Uh, so J- Justin and I go back the furthest, right? So I've known Justin now for God. It's been over ten years now. It's been it was two thousand and yeah, dude, it has six it's or crazy. seven somewhere on there. So Justin and I have been have known each other for a very long time. I hired him at the same time as this kid Nick Gudgeon. Uh, shout out to Nick if he if he Nick. listens or his clients listen. I know he's a great Probably trainer. Doesn't, but he's a cool guy. Yeah. So they they came in at the same time. So they they were the same hiring class. Uh, I got him and Justin and. My first impression of Justin was, so I always, like, I'd hire guys that, you know, I, I had a good feeling about their character, uh, It's but sometimes I didn't, I wouldn't know for sure, is this trainer going to be great, and, but I, I believed in their character that they, that they could, had potential to potentially be good, and that was kind of Justin, like, Justin, when I, my first impression of him, okay, he got, he has this degree, he's got a good head on his shoulders, I felt he had a good character, he listened well, he was attentive, I saw all these things, but I really actually thought this kid, Nick, was just gonna, was gonna blow him out of the water, because Nick had this natural charisma about him, um, I probably looked at Nick and thought Nick was more like me, and so I naturally kind of thought, oh, this Nick guy is probably gonna, gonna get this Justin guy, but then I thought, I knew Justin had a football background. I know he had the athlete in him. I thought, oh, this is going to be great. 
he's going to compete with him. And if he has a chance to survive at all, this is a perfect environment for him to thrive. So my first impression of Justin was uh, I, I didn't think he was going to be as great as what he ended up being. And, and he ended up being one of my greatest trainers to ever work with me and uh, my assistant for a very long time and ended up complimenting uh, all my skills. So I definitely underestimated him. And he actually shattered my paradigm on uh, somebody could that could be that good, but then not be this like super vocal outgoing. Because at that point, the most talented, successful trainers that I had met were all very loud and charismatic and outgoing type of personalities. Like I hadn't seen somebody who was a little more conservative, reserved with his personality and quiet about his process really flourish. Sure, I've seen them have some success, but I mean, he absolutely ended up flourishing and being one of my best guys for a very long time without those those crazy charismatic personalities. So he shattered my paradigm, ended up being somebody who was not only my my right-hand man for many years, ended up being partner with me and friends, and, and we are here today. My first impression of Sal when I met Sal uh, Sal is probably exactly what how I felt. Now, Sal and I have uh, people like Larry, Jason Marcucci, um, who else is a good mutual friend of ours that we had, we'd both... A lot of people that were Amber. <clears throat> yes, right. And- so we had, a, we had a lot of mutual friends. Mutual friends that weren't just average people. It wasn't like we just had like a random connection. Like Jason and Larry are two people that I hold in a very high regard. Like I, uh, I think of them as some of the most talented men that I have ever worked with in my life and known as pe- and good people, very good people. Jason Marcucci is one of my favorite human beings. Larry Evans is one of my favorite human beings. And they would constantly tell me about this guy, Sal, like, oh, Sal this, Sal that. And you guys got to meet, you guys got to meet, you guys are so much alike. And so when Sal and I first met, it it was kind of like uh, bosom buddies right right away. Yeah. You know, I, I really felt that we even on I mean, we really connected on the marijuana level at first because I was in the middle of, uh, you know, running the cannabis clubs. He was he was going through all his research with his mother in law who had just recently I think she had just recently passed maybe the year before or so when uh, when we first started talking and I had never met another trainer that uh, really understood the, the the health benefits of cannabis. And I was just kind of figuring this out uh, at the same time. And then also when he shared the MAPS Anabolic program, I was just kind of figuring out like this was the way that I should have been training my all of my clients for such a long period of time. And I was kind of just figuring that out for myself. So I really felt like uh, we had so much in so much in common. I mean, we uh, he there was really nothing about Sal uh, that surprised me. He was everything that Jason and Larry had had touted him about or touted about him. He ended up uh, exceeding any of those expectations as far as how talented he was. And you know, so I, I think just these things that get solidified on a daily a daily basis. Um, you know, we were talking off air earlier today just. Um, he's irreplaceable. There's just uh, this this business doesn't exist uh, without Sal being the front man of this business. Uh, he's he's taken that role and been able to take that role, and then and and the part that I think that Larry and Jason where they would say he's so much alike, and I, I wasn't sure this was going to be true or not because at this point I don't know if I've met anybody with as massive of an ego as I have, but then also has the ability 
to push it aside for the greater good. And I really, I, I have so much admiration for people that have this ability, that have so much confidence that it just bleeds into the room. Everybody knows this dude is so confident, but then also has the awareness to step back and, and, and not allow that ego to crush the others in the room. And that's been solidified and in, in, in major ways every day that this business has continued on. Um, my impression of Doug uh, was exactly what Sal had said to me. I mean, Sal had told me, he says, wait till you meet Doug. The same way I was talking about Justin, uh, Sal was kind of talking about Doug. Like, well, I was constantly saying, wait till you meet, just wait till you meet Justin. Like, you're going you're gonna to love him, you're going to love him. And Sal was saying the same thing about Doug. He's just like, wait till you meet this guy. He's fucking great. He's fucking, and it makes so much sense why this all worked because I really feel like Doug is what Justin is to me. What's what Doug is to Sal, Justin is to me as far as the bond and the relationship that they have formed. Total different personalities, complement each other as far as strengths and weaknesses, extremely confident men, but also have the ability to allow each one to lead and take charge where their strengths are and just absolutely complement each other. So, you know, and and then and Doug, uh, the things that Sal used to say about Doug, just about his work ethic. Um, man, I, there's not a lot of people that I think can outwork me. That's something I take a lot of pride in. And to this day, I will text Doug, you know, when I think I'm being a maniac mm -hmm. at 11 o'clock at night, buried in our shit. Doug's and up. <laughs> Doug yeah. is up right with He's me, savage. answering or doing something related to the work. And it's just like, it, I get this big grin on my, mm -hmm. I'm getting emotional just talking about how funny is this. Mm -hmm. I, I get so excited about that because it's such a perfect attribute that he shares to complement this business is like, you got to have somebody like that. And that doesn't need to be celebrated about it. He doesn't need to be told he's the greatest or he works the hardest and oh, he's humble. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. need to be, uh, n n you know, known as the front man of the business. Like, uh, it, it just, it, it required that, that personality to be in a, in a four way partnership like we have. And he he also has exceeded all of my expectations and and completely continues to confirm that he's just a beast behind the scenes. Oh, hundred. Totally. I, I remember when I first met Doug. He he was referred to me uh, by Bryce chiropractor who had sent him over because uh, Doug had some back problems, and Bryce had said, "Hey, you know, go work with this trainer. He can help you out." And Immediately when I met Doug, I loved him. We started talking. Doug had a uh, already a pretty deep knowledge of exercise and muscle building. Told me about the bodybuilding magazines that he had read and how he had followed uh, Body for Life programs and how he you know how he approached fitness in the past. And he had approached it with the available information and he understood it very well. And I had told him you know kind of the counter to that. And what really impressed me about Doug was he was open. You know, he was very open and he was like, okay, that makes sense. Let's, let's give it a shot. And our first workouts were a blast. Um, Doug was a, just a brilliant, brilliant person to train because he would do what you, you know, he would do what I'd say, but he'd also give me feedback. We'd laugh like crazy. have a lot of fun. I remember thinking how positive this guy was. And then he would say these, uh, you know, and I'm a big family person. You guys know this. And, and Doug would talk about his daughter and the things he was doing with his daughter. And I remember I had so much respect for him. And then when I found out that, you know, his daughter is not even his, his biological daughter, uh, but he essentially raises her uh, regardless, like his own, um, I was just like floored. Like, man, this is a very 
exceptional uh, good person. And Doug was the reason why um, I created uh, Maps Anabolic, 100%. He came to me and said, hey, if you have something that you want to put together, I think I can market it online. He gave me the confidence to do it. He's the initial reason. I mean, I remember when he told me, "Do you ever have you ever thought about doing anything? I said, well, I, I think I could write like a, like a guide or maybe a book. And Doug says, no, we want to put you on video and we want you talking to the camera. And I'd never done anything like that. But Doug, you know, he saw something and he gave me the confidence. He was very patient in, in those first videos we did. You know, he, he God, when we did those first videos, they were in my studio and we'd have to do them off, off hours. No clients were in there. And it would take like two and a half hours to set up. And then it would take us an hour to do a video because we were just figuring things out. And then it would take another hour and a half to, to tear things down. Never, ever did I ever get an impression from Doug that he was overworked or stressed out or irritable. In fact, till this day, this is now, I don't know, how long now, Doug? Has it been at least six, seven years, maybe longer? Yeah, probably since 2012. Yeah, 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 at least, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. I have never seen Doug really in a shitty mood, ever, Except ever. at the airport. I, no, I, 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 I've seen you get angry. Hey, two times at the airport. I'm on the no-fly list. Worst. I've yeah. seen you get angry, that's for sure. But you're always you're always positive. He's always got this crazy. And even um, when he's angry, it's about him. He's mad at himself over something, right? Super he, he humble. Puts the pressure on himself. Oh, I mean, he's right. he's uh, he's Papa Smurf, a hundred percent. He's the leader in that regard. He's dad, and he in in it's almost like, especially when we first started. I know Doug would see and he'd recognize what we were doing, and as fucking raw and crude and crazy as we were. He let us do our thing, and he'd throw in just the right amount of criticism. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have worked with anyone else because we're all so headstrong, right? Uh-huh. So absolutely perfect, and, and it's been a pleasure the whole time. When I first met Justin, uh, it was at your house, Adam, and we all sat down, and I th- and I got more than a, an impression based off of things he said. It was just off of his energy, and Justin just gave off this very solid vibe. It was a very very solid energy, and I remember leaving that day and, and calling Doug and giving him a kind of my, my, you know, my rundown of my opinion on every, everything. And I remember saying that about Justin, like, you know, he didn't say a whole lot, but he felt very, very solid. Um, and Adam holds him in very, very high regard. Um, through the, through the time that we started podcasting, uh, Justin's humor came through immediately. I thought he was hilarious. He's such a perfect balance to Adam and I, I think without Justin, it would be, uh, Fucking, we'd piss just everybody off with the podcast. I think um, he's, that's the truth. He's definitely know. the glue and in, in the in the in the you know he's the melody, uh, if you will, of the podcast. He's what makes it all really work together. Um, but the the impression that I've developed over this time with of Justin is he's easily the most solid, uh, honest um, person I've ever met in my entire life. He's actually the epitome of integrity. This guy's uh, quietly. Solid, doesn't boast, doesn't brag, super consistent, and you can bet your ass that Justin's going to come through, and he's going to be Justin, and he's solid as fuck. He's also a phenomenal human being, and uh, I've I've seen and heard his soft side, and he's just a, he's a he's a he's a he's a great person, and I'm a very sentimental person, so I've sent this I've said this to him many times. <laughs> I think late at night too, every once in a while, I'll get a thought, and I'll oh, I'll send him a text. Here you know? it comes. Um, Adam, the first impression I had of Adam was just very dynamic, extremely dynamic individual, had a way with words, uh, very, very, um, 
intelligent. Uh, I, I was always impressed with uh, initially with Adam's intelligence of, of how him and I have uh, similar but very different communication styles. Um, but he's just uh, brilliant with the way he understands how to communicate his ideas and also how to hear what's coming out of someone else's mouth and decipher it and how to feed it back in a way to where people can understand. That was my my initial impression. And throughout this entire time, I've, I've noticed the, the, the leadership qualities that Adam possesses. He's definitely the operator um, of the group. He's, his hands are in uh, everything and his, he's constantly, you know, uh, communicating and touching with, uh, you know, each of our respective staff, staff members and contractors. And um, he does a phenomenal job at it. And that's just what's consistently uh, been, you know, solidified uh, this entire time. Um, Adam and I probably have the most uh, conflict of the group, but I've never felt like it was bad. I've always felt like it was great. Like we, always, if we have an argument or conflict, I always leave and love it. I love it because, uh, like Adam was saying about the ego, uh, I don't get that sense uh, from him at all. I don't think he's trying to win an argument at all. I think he's just trying to come up with the best answer. And um, the amount of respect I have, I don't let anybody yell at me or throw, you know, or, or, or throw their ideas at me the, the way that Adam does because of the <laughs> amount of respect uh, that I have uh, for the guy. And you know, anybody else does that, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna listen to it or tell him shut up. <laughs> yeah. But I respect the guy tremendously. So, no, it's funny. The you know the first impressions I had from uh, from you guys was good. That's only gotten better as things have, have continued on to the point where I I have never respected anybody as much as I've uh, respected the, the the people in this room. So, yeah, I actually uh, I, I didn't uh, didn't know what to think of everybody. You know, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, quietly skeptical over here. Right? I'm I'm very much an observer, and so what what might feel like quietness is is basically me evaluating. And uh, so I pick up on a lot of things. I, I pick up on mannerisms. I pick up on body language. I pick up on uh, interactions and conversations with other people. Um, and it takes me a long time to warm up to people. And so that's that's another part of the process, I think, you know, internally where people might have a little bit of a, the wrong impression in terms of me being like introverted because you know, it, it takes a while to get to that level where I feel like trust. I feel like there's this, like, I know you're a good person, so now I can be myself. Mm -hmm. And you're not, like, going to take advantage of me or just, like, people around me or hurt anybody or, like, you, like you're you're a piece of shit. Like, I, I eliminate pieces of shit from my life. Like, that's just, like, it's this filtration process. And uh, – it, it's really, really funny, and I, I'm not trying to be mean or like, you know, like everybody except for Doug. Uh, like it, Doug just has this way of like immediately. I mean, he just has this kind of giving kind of energy and quality about him, where he's just like he's 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 very much like leading with his humble foot, and um, so that was easy for me. Just uh, in in terms of like, it, it's more like kind of an energy I might put out in terms of like being the back guy, being the guy behind the scenes. Like, you know, that's more familiar to me. Uh, but like I've hung out with 
like top athletes. You know, I've hung out like on teams. Like I know how like the hierarchies sort of like structure together and who is the loudest voice and who is the one that's like actually backs their shit up, you know, and who's authentic about it. And that's how I look at you guys. Like I, I, you know, I know that type of personality and I know like how strong and, and, uh, you know, what that can do in terms of like getting people to do things and, and, you know, it can, it could turn, it could turn in a hard right, right away and and be manipulative and, and be used for, for bad purposes. And so, uh, you know, this is, this is one of those things. Like I, my initial thought, I'll just start with Adam. Cause like, you know, we have the longest history together, um, you know, coming from different, um, different football teams and different, um, you know, athletic teams and, being around different groups of guys who are were like, I was always in a friend group of like, you know, four or five guys, whatever. And we would shoot the shit. And, uh, Adam was younger. He's a younger guy and me kind of stepping in and being humble. in the fact that I knew I'm like, Oh shit. Like I know exercise. I know how to work out. And I thought like I knew everything. And then what I saw and, and what I was picking up when I first, you know, was interacting and, and learning about personal training, I was like, wow, I just, I don't know anything and I don't know anything. And, and, and Adam had this charisma about him immediately where I was like, oh no, you know, like maybe this is one of those situations where it's the young guy who's like, thinks he's hot shit and, um, you know, just kind of hammers everybody because he's trying to make a point because he's younger, right? Because a lot of times, like when you get in a leadership position and, you, you know, some of the younger guys, they try to make a name for themselves by putting people down below them. And uh, that was completely opposite with Adam. Like I was like very much like, wow, this is this is different. Like he gives you, he gave me enough autonomy to figure it out and and kind of struggle, like a lot of times, a lot of leaders don't let people struggle to, uh, you know, figure it out for themselves, all the nuances and all the ways to, to improve. And, you know, if, if like somebody like me really needs that, I need time to, to figure all the, this process out and not be hammered the entire way through that I'm doing things wrong. And I never got that, you know, and I, I thought that it was probably one of the best, like managed uh, jobs I've ever had. And, uh, that's definitely, you know, a, a tribute to, to, to the way you lead and, 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 you know, your character, uh, and the same thing, you know, with this business, it's kind of a trip. Um, you know, he, he does all these things and like watches how everybody's doing everything, but isn't just like hammering everybody like all the time for, you know, the nuances of this is not happening. This is not happening but still keeps the ship tight and going forward. And we need that. We need somebody to, uh, to help kind of observe, uh, from a higher, you know, position. And, uh, that's, that's solidified his position in this company. That's, that's, that's much needed. And, you know, with Sal's a very, very similar personality, very similar. And, uh, so again, the same kind of reaction, we joke about it because it was like, oh my God, this guy is like, he's so like, charismatic this is the same exact experience i went through with adam where i was like oh, i don't know man you know like like he seems like a cool guy like you're cool and everything right away but i was like i don't know man like i didn't i thought there might be conflict between adam and sal right away as like as to who has the louder voice and uh it it totally flipped me uh for a loop that 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 sal was able to also give wow lead 
you know, and that just isn't like something you you see working a lot. I've seen it in like really top performing teams and like and I've seen that dynamic where you have like uh, the star quarterback you have the star running back together they both have equal accolades like they both like want the Heisman trophy or whatever but they both have unselfish qualities at the same time and you know they'll like the quarterback will hand off and let the you know the, the running back make a touchdown because that was a substantial you know thing that needed to happen in order for the team to win and it's so it, for me, it's like, and, and then also just like knowing that Sal, like how he is, how he loves his kids so much. Like I, I know like him and me kind of share that a bit and w- which Adam will, you know, very soon here, but you know, that, that, that is a major tell for me, like in terms of like how, um, you know, the, the character and, and, and the integrity and, and, you know, like the people that I want around me, uh, you know, that, that have that level where they, they think, you know, about how they can, um, you, you know, do their best for their kids, their family, they're very family oriented. Uh, and that's Sal, you know, he's, he's, he's very much like a high character person, uh, who does the right thing. And it, it comes across like in, in all his actions, even if it's like a difficult thing, like divorce, like the way he handled that, I'm just so impressed. Like I've never like met anybody that's handled it that way. So major major props for that uh but i think i covered everybody i mean doug for me is um you know like like you guys already mentioned like i just i've never seen anybody so selfless and so hard working uh like he's he's literally has set the bar like on a new level i i i thought i was a hard worker too <laughs> like i was like this guy is, is is just a machine you know and for all the right reasons not like that he's obsessed with work, you know, like I've been around people too that I've trained that are like workaholics, you know, and, and they're there to just, they live and die by just, you know, and have no relationships with people and that's all they do. But no, Doug wants to win. He wants to benefit everybody. He's, he's a real serious team player and uh, I appreciate the shit out of him. So anyway, that's all of us. Right? Excellent. Yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear Doug's. <laughs> Doug, Doug, I think I like hear. I like hearing Doug. <laughs> My perspective. Yeah. Like Sal. I mean, Sal was the first person I had met uh, back in I think 2012, and my first impression of Sal was that he was very conservative and a family man, and a very knowledgeable person about fitness and training. So one of the things that I do when I say hire somebody for a job is I look at them and say, do they live the part? And Sal obviously lived the part. I mean, he was fit. He uh, was well put together. And so that gave me a lot of confidence up front. And then as I got to know Sal, I I saw this guy. He was very professional in his work. Um, Again, like I said, it seemed very conservative. He talked about his family, very much a family man. And I really related to that because I come from a very conservative, family-oriented family. And for me, I felt very comfortable and at home. So one of the, the values that I felt from him was that he was an honest person. And I felt like that would be somebody I could work with. Um, and as it came to pass, uh, I started to see other aspects of Sal, though I hadn't seen originally. He had a bit of a dark sense of humor. Uh, he wasn't as conservative as I thought he was. <laughs> and I'll be honest, that was a little bit 
concerning to some degree. Uh, it's like, oh, I thought I knew who this guy was, and then I started seeing these other aspects of him. And goes, well, you went from client to partner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe he's not the guy level. I thought he was. But the truth is, I just started to see his personality and his sense of humor, and it didn't change the fact that he was, in fact, a very uh, upfront and honest person and somebody that could be trusted. Adam, I met him the same day I met Craig Caperso because Craig was part of the, oh, was the, the same day. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was on the same day. And I remember walking be- behind Craig and Adam and Adam was right in the peak of his bodybuilding or his, his competing period. And here's this guy, 6'3", yeah. he's massive. And then right next to him is Craig Caperso, who is absolutely massive. So I was walking behind this wall of humans <laughs> That was kind of me a little intimidating, actually. I'd never been around people like of that size. And then, of course, Adam has this over-the-top personality, very, very larger than life, a lot of profanity thrown in. <laughs> and again, coming from a very conservative family, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's a little <laughs> over too much, this uh, use of the F word, et cetera, et cetera. Over time, what I saw was a, a person that even though he has this huge larger than life personality and everything, it's a person with a very solid sense of values that I can align with. And uh, that to me is the most important thing you can have as far as friendships and partnerships and that type of thing is you have to align with your values. I saw that, you know, Adam actually came from a background more similar to mine than different as I would have thought from my first impression that he comes from a, a, a very um, principled and value-oriented background, and that's how he, he does everything in his, his work, through that filter. Justin, uh, I met Justin on that same day. I met, you know, Adam and Craig. Uh, Justin, of course, being more quiet, I didn't have quite an immediate read on Justin, uh, but as he started to pipe up, I started to hear that he had a bit of this sense of humor that I really appreciate. I like a little bit of a wise-ass sense of humor. I like people who can be a little bit sarcastic, who can do imitations, that type of thing. All those things I really appreciate. And as time has progressed, I've really seen just how valuable and integral and essential Justin is to the show. Without his little color commentary and those things put in, it could get really like deep into the weeds as far as the content of fitness, et cetera, et cetera, even though both Adam and Sal have amazing sense of humors, Justin really just kind of ties it all together uh, to to make it so that it's really palatable for for everybody. And he adds this sense of levity that sometimes we need to get into in the middle of the podcast when we can go really deep on a subject. So um, that's my overall evaluation of you as individuals, but what I wanted to go back to was this whole concept of our shared values. I've seen this over and over again. I mean, we've had many money-making opportunities come our way that we have all turned down and there's never been a question about it. Mm-hmm. And I've had concerns. It's like, well, what if they want to do it and it really goes against our brand? What am I going to do? How am I going to handle that? Invariably, everybody's in agreement from the moment, the very first moment that this is something that we shouldn't do. So I've never really had to deal with that type of a challenge before. 
And something was mentioned earlier, too, about all the, you know, the wild talk that we had in those early episodes. And I would every once in a while just kind of chime in. It's like, maybe we should tone this down just a little bit. But again, I didn't want to take away from everybody's personalities and your natural flow. So I didn't want to try to create any barriers uh, to that flow. And I love the way everything has evened out since that point. And I feel like now we're really on a, um, a level that I can really align myself with fully. And you can be yourselves. So it's been pretty amazing to see how everything has transpired and just to realize how many similarities we all have. And I just feel very fortunate and honored to be in partnership with all of you. Oh, thank you, Amazing. sir. Appreciate it. To the next 1,000 episodes, huh? Yeah, hey, yeah. here, here. Look here, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all free. They're all extremely valuable. Lots of great information. You can get all of them for free. Again, mindpumpfree.com. And you can also find us on our own individual Instagram pages, my page is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Adam is Mind Pump Adam. And Doug has a page also. He actually documents uh, the growth of the podcast through pictures. It's pretty awesome. You can find that at Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>